I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to My Guy Mondays. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. If you found this somehow other than my Twitter account or Facebook, thank you. And if you are one of those, it's at Cabby on Twitter and on Facebook. It's just Facebook slash Cabral Richards. This is how the podcast works. Three friends come in. We talk about sports and pop culture. There are two new voices you will hear on the My Guy Mondays and Cabby Presents podcast. My friend Todd Shapiro, who was formerly a radio host on a hugely popular radio station here in Toronto, Edge 102.1, and my friend Randy Urban, who's a producer for Jerry D, sports reporter on the Score Television Network. And we have a, a myriad of things to talk about today. Uh, musically, Eminem and, and Macklemore, and then some experiences with uh, Will Ferrell and Chris Chelios, then we get into uh, BlackBerry, and we you know, talk a little bit about uh, Michael Jackson, Drake, Pharrell, and then we get into some college football, which over the weekend was a huge shakeup. The Ohio State, Auburn, we get into some NBA, and we do talk about some hockey. Bunch of stuff on the way, and it begins right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. My Guy Mondays begins with an old friend of mine, a good friend of mine. We started, actually, you may have started earlier than I did uh, in the biz. Um, the man to my left in studio is Todd Shapiro, um, who in the GTA was one of the voices of many people's lives as they heard him speak every morning for what 12 10 12 years yeah, how long was that run like, at was, the edge it was 12 and a half years 12 and it a was half a good years. run you so you okay well yeah. i started in 2001 so you you predate me by at least six months literally it was april 23rd 2000 was oh when, my was, God. was my first day my first ever time on the microphone well First main sort of time I would have, was ever on the microphone and radio. Oh, so you're like a yeah. full year ahead. Mine was uh, my first bit aired in a, in a July of 2001. So you're a full year ahead of, of predating me. And it was really fun because I used to do a thing called Todd on the Street. Yes, and, and I and I and I did a thing called Cabby on the Street, and I. <laughs> And a lot, and I know that, like when I first started, you're like, you're like, I bit my, no, like I bit my sure. bit. He's doing my segment. <laughs> Todd was uh, a part of this very, very huge uh, morning show, and I've been on a couple times, and and uh, I, it was a rock. It was like a, the format was rock. It was like it was like you know it was a morning show, but you guys played rock music, and I always listened to hip hop, so I never listened to Edge One or Two. In fact, the first time I heard it was when I showed up at your guys' studio, like heard the music that you guys play, because I knew it just never appealed to me, and I didn't have a car when I was at university so i would just you know at in those times tapes. i had, I had a tapes. <laughs> yeah i had a discman i don't even know i used to listen to the i guess the radio just, would just play 
you know, in an office or wherever you were, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't actually listen to the radio that much, but I guess it was just in taxis or when you're going somewhere, you would tune into the music that you're into. And I, at that time it was, I think it was before flow 93.5. It was, it was WBLK wow. from Buffalo was the main, okay. was the main urban station, which we would steal from Buffalo. And then, uh, and then a, a radio station here in Toronto opened up called flow 93.5. And you know, I, my music tastes are all over the place. Okay. I, I, I love anything from jazz to, to do you actually, yeah, I like, well, I listen to it all. It's not okay. like I'm religious and I can name artists and stuff, but you know, I could sing some Frank Sinatra songs. I, I like it all. <laughs> Because normally everything in life is on a shuffle. It's yeah, just hard to true. focus on one thing. But, you know, I just realized the other day, or just found out by doing a little research, like, I didn't even know how popular Macklemore was, like, in the day. Like, he was out, he's been around for, for years. He, you know, he just came on my radar, too, when, when he had, like, and I don't really, and it's my bad, I don't really listen to that much Seattle hip-hop. Yeah. And I know, like, the Northwest, uh, or, or the West Coast, you know, California is like, a, you know, I'm Kendrick Lamar, the game, I'm, you know, uh, Absol, like, those kind of dudes. But no, but I didn't. I didn't even realize that Macklemore been putting in his time, you know, sort of maybe on the uh, the quote unquote underground circuit. It's cool. Like yeah, it's cool. I thought he just like broke out first album. Wow, this kid's a wonder kid. Like it's unbelievable. I like, that's a great album, isn't it? Yes, the heist yeah, is a great album. A great album. I um I heard a an article, or maybe I read a blurb from uh, Macklemore recently. Oh no, no, it was it was in the Rolling Stone. Excuse me. Uh, the the Eminem cover, how Eminem gave Macklemore props because he said he's like he's a he's a great technical MC, like you know as far as far as his uh, uh, his cadence and uh, and his ability to you know squeeze words into rhymes and stuff, which Eminem is like uh, impresario, like that dude is just like a a master as far as is his wordplay and bending words to rhyme to to fit into a stanza and his his rhyming pattern. I, I don't even I, I can't even tell you if it's like, you know, A A B B I don't think it's A A B B C C or A B A B whatever whatever that is. He does like A B A B C in the same line and then he like he word he rhymes words at the like in the middle of the line and then the end and then rhymes at the middle of the next line and at the end. So it's not just like in the classic thing where you rhyme, you know, A B. A B. This dude puts like rhymes all through his lines, and and it seems effortless. I'm sure he's got, you know, phone books si like of, of notebooks of, of all kinds of like m madness coming out of his brain. But as a technical MC, Eminem is. I don't. There's a, there isn't anybody better. So I, I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea what you just said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just yeah. went off on something really like, in intelligible. No, yeah, I'm sure it was. No, <laughs> yeah, it was. I was garbledy goop. <laughs> but that but that Macklemore. Um, I mean, he he. Let's just face it. He he can sing his balls off. Yeah, like, I mean, it's cool. It's good stuff. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's great. It's great. Me, I like. I would just. Do I you was, rap? No, I'm well, I want to ask you another question. Eminem talking about Macklemore. Is that, I mean, does that, do white guys have to give props to other white guys? Is that, does that kind of work that way? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't I hope think this doesn't so. come across anything in the no, wrong no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I, yeah. I don't think so because there was a kid uh, named Asher Roth yes. who, um, actually, like, it's also, there's a Mac Miller. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Eminem feels that pressure to validate or yeah. to even acknowledge the other white MCs in the game um, be just because they're like the minority in the game or like an action Bronson or something like that. Um, 
Uh, Asher, he had a he had a little bit of a beef with Asher Roth, who was this kid from like the, the college kid, the redhead, yeah, yes, the redhead yes, kid. Yeah. Is that kid Jewish with a name um, like Asher Roth? Maybe I'm a Jewish guy. I'm just like <laughs> maybe. Asher Roth. I'm like, hey, it sounds like it's just a Jewish kid who go to Western. And like, <laughs> got the one hit, and his daddy made the video. Like, if yeah. I was Eminem, I'd probably have a little beef with him too. <laughs> in, in a I song, could be wrong. no, no. <laughs> I, I I like Asher Roth. I think like I have his his uh, mixtape, uh, bread. Uh, what is it? Sleep in the Bread Isle, and then I bought his album with the. Uh, I love college song, whatever. Yeah. But he's got the song called uh, "As I Am," E M for like Eminem, oh. and uh, you know he it's a it's a it's a song about his dis- him discovering Eminem, and I think he takes a slight. Eminem felt slighted in the song, and then uh, he mentioned him. M mentioned Asher Roth on his most recent record, and then that's kind of like a murder death kill because you can't. Nobody can battle. The only person that can maybe battle Eminem is Eminem. You saw him do that in Eight Mile. He he took <laughs> the piss out of himself. It's either yeah. it's either Nas or Andre oh. Three Thousand. The only guys really? that could probably beat Eminem. Or, like I don't even think they could beat Eminem, but like compete with Eminem. Just well, those two dudes. And he's an amazing story because he had a few years there where it was a tough struggle. Like he couldn't get back. He couldn't get noticed again. Right. The uh, Relapse re- album it was garbage. Was garbage. Yeah. And then and then he started seeing him like doing at least little bits on Entourage and stuff, and he kind of got rid of Slim Shady like he was just a dude yeah and I like that like he kind of got rid of the persona and just showed that there was more to him and I think people started liking him because of that do you understand yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 like I think even before Relapse I think his last album was Encore which was eh, yeah. and then Relapse was eh, and then he came with the recovery and the recovery he came strong um, and on this latest album, Monster. I don't know if you have you have you heard uh, Marshall Mathers too. I, have. I love it. Oh yeah, and, it's funky. But I, I like when he he's like the only dude in in the game that has two personas. Like he still is Slim Shady by the way that he rhymes and his, you know, he, he does his his kind of goofiness. And then he's Marshall. Yes, I love Love Games. Monster is great with uh, with Rihanna. Uh, that is the, a great even song. the first the first out the first track is like seven minutes was that like their half rock song one it was kind of weird what was that one? Oh man i feel it's like on, there was like a ghetto iPod. blaster there like oh the berserk yeah berserk which was kind of like an ode to like the beastie boys yes. which was produced by rick rubin which is also a dope track that was a good track i like i like that because it reminded me of kind of you know early not mid 80s early 90s yes, i like 100 yeah, and yeah. then i mean i you know m goes to get you know Rick Rubin, who produced the Beastie Boys back in that era, and and then Rap God is like Rap God is some, a next level. Like that's a, that's a six minute song, which Eminem probably spits. I don't know, a hundred and forty four bars or something. Like it's crazy how much. How, you love the rap. You love it. You that's, know, that's I my, don't, yeah. it really, I don't know this much about it other than the fact that. You know, well, you catchy, like you I like a like bunch it. of stuff. I, I just yeah. like that one thing or yeah. like the two like two streams. I want to be a rapper. <laughs> Can you market me? No, I'm serious. A hip hop, the hip 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 hip. Yeah, but no, you can't rhyme like that anymore, Todd. No, Todd. Yeah, I'm gonna learn. Kind of, I start writing some raps. Do you? Yeah, because I'm angry inside. Oh, and it's okay. a good way to get them out. It's, it's, it's uh, maybe you should sell them to somebody. I'm sure somebody could could use them. So no joke. I know a guy who actually knows Drake. And he's like, I'll show these to Drake. I'm like, you're not going to show these to Drake. I, but how yeah. do you feel? Like, do you feel confident enough that, like, these are... Because Drake doesn't really go on... He doesn't, he's not really angry. He's got a great life. And yeah, he, yeah, that's and he, true. And he's very... No, like, mine are not. No, but honestly, they're actually, like, kind of good positive messages. It's actually why I love Macklemore. Like, he's either having fun and, and really just 
telling jokes in his raps, yeah. or there's a really positive kind of moving forward, this evolution of rappers where it's not kill that, bang that, and, you know, I don't know, can we swear on these podcasts? I don't know. If you want. I, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I feel like <laughs> you I held back a little I, bit. Yeah, I, was, I just wasn't sure we were doing like radio it. rows. But, you know, and that's why I liked Macklemore. Actually, the, you know, the raps, and I've only written three songs, and it's just for like fun. Like full songs? L- literally. Full okay, songs. Okay. There would even be a chorus built into them. <laughs> and, and one of them, they're kind of motivational at the end of the day. It's kind of like this, you're a little bit angry about things, and then you kind of turn a positive way about it. So I just got off a plane. Um, from uh, from Winnipeg, and I was um, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, the legendary Ron Burgundy, aka Will Ferrell. I was super nervous. Wow! So this whole this whole thing came together. You're nerve- you've been interviewing for twelve years now. I know, but there's certain like in the moment, like I was. Like as it just started, I was yeah. like, "Oh man!" Like, what's my first line again? That's or what's wow. my first. So I always that's one of the things. That's like, how I am right now with you, actually. Whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> I always try to like. Am I? I always like. Do I have my first my first sentence? And then I'm like, "How do I end this? How am I going to wrap this thing up?" So, uh, Will's like um, marketing team, like his team, came up with this. You know, when they were um, developing the plan to roll out what they were going to do for the Anchorman Two. One of the ideas is Will wanted to do a sporting event, and it was curling. So his team actually contacted TSN. Wow. And um, yeah, got the call. Because they financed the movie this time, right? Is Who it, did? Uh, didn't Will Ferrell and his guys, I thought I heard that or read that somewhere. I'm not sure. I don't know. Where they financed the movie, which is why they're doing this weird kind of crazy marketing push. Oh, maybe. Where they're actually getting out because now they're on the hook to make all the money back. Oh, so I didn't know that. The investment in. I think that... Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Okay, yeah. I know that I know that Paramount is one of the distributors, but maybe yeah, maybe they did collectively. I mean, he is one of the producers, and him, him and uh, Adam McKay, who Adam McKay's, I I think directed most of his of his uh, movies, uh, Will Ferrell's movies. Um, uh, so so you know one of the things you know he um, he did a a sports cast in uh, he's going to be on ESPN Sports Center. Okay. He did a newscast in Australia. Yeah, he was in like South Dakota. He was in South Dakota the, yeah, yeah. or North Dakota. Yeah, every one of them, yeah. Uh and uh you know, he was in England. Um so they came up so he he was in Winnipeg for this thing called Roar of the Rings, which is this like 7 or 8 day curling event to which I've never seen before in my life. Curling uh, doesn't really speak to my generation. No, it's in my not, demographic. It's, no, it's not. They're not rapping about curling. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hugely po- it's hugely Huge. popular in yeah. Canada. I just I just never it just never appealed to well, me. Well, there's all these like eclectic sort of sports that you don't know about. Like you know the Royal Winter Fair has you know the equestrian, and then there's stuff like the curling. There's just certain caters to certain crowds and demographics. Yeah, that don't yeah. they don't look like me. No, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you're far better looking. That's, uh, why. that's yeah. debatable. <laughs> so like in the moment, so like I had like five minutes to interview Will, and um, so we're like in in the arena or in in the rink, and just kind of off to the side because at this point it was like 30 minutes before the event was going to start, and we weren't we weren't allowed to go on the ice because they watered it down. I don't think they, I don't know if they have a zamboni, but they prepared the ice for the curling players. So th- at the end of this bit, like I'm looking to for like this like uh, direction and. You know, and I go to like this guru and it was, ah. it was very, it was awesome because like, this is my third time interviewing Will Ferrell and you have to play the straight man, obviously, because he's one of the, he's a comedic genius. Like he's amazing on, on the fly. And, um, when I started, I was like, I didn't remind myself, just play it straight. Like I, I was kind of, do, you know, I, I was 
performing the way that I normally do. Like I have a certain cadence and delivery in my questions. Yeah, you're and energetic. Stuff. And you like to build on jokes. Like right. you know, it's what you do. And uh, and he played along awesome. And there was a part where he he almost like he almost made me laugh. And it, this bit's gonna come out in a couple of weeks, so I won't ruin the bit. But okay. I had a great experience with Will Ferrell. Have you? So I interviewed Will Ferrell uh, in was it oh six for Blades of Glory. Okay, that, maybe, yes. Yeah, maybe a little later, maybe oh seven. Anyway. I think it was 07. Yeah, whatever. Which is, which that movie, or part of that movie has been immortalized in the song Paris because he says we're going to skate to one song and one song only. Uh-huh. And uh, and and John Heat, what's Napoleon Dynamite's real name? John. Oh God, I should. I, the I, actor. I, I interviewed him that day too. Did you? <laughs> yeah, and I don't even anyway, remember. Anyway, continue your story. No, and he was amazing. And I, it's funny because I had the very same nerves that I think you were talking about. And I, I generally do. I'm an anxious freak, and you know, I kind of sometimes I psych myself out before I even go in because I think these guys are kind of going to be a certain way that they're not. And when I say that, I kind of think they're gonna be cocky and pretentious and all this stuff. And really, they actually, they're very happy to do promotion with people. They're really... So, some kind of, of them. Some well, of them are. Well, some so of them. maybe we'll talk about bad experiences after. So, you know, Will was really good, but I also struggled with the fact... Where Am I right? Am I a little closer? A little yeah. closer? Okay. I struggled with the fact that should I be Todd, which is exactly what you're saying, should I... Because all I ever want to do is add to a joke. I'm not really a good driver of a joke. I'm definitely a good retorter. Okay. So I figured, you know what, okay. I, I might as well just, I'll ask some questions and I'll try and build and retort on all the jokes with Will Ferrell. And we actually, at first he was like, who the hell does this kid think he is? And then at some point, we were actually kind of laughing with one another. And oh, was, nice. And I, you know, I walked away from it going, you know, you did a pretty good job, Todd. You know, I'm probably the only one who thought that. But <laughs> I like the fact that in terms of the improv level, which he is the master at. I yeah. mean, you know, you talk about how Eminem is the best rhyme. You know, he can rhyme better than anyone in the world. Will Ferrell is like, when if there's a, a, a you know, a Stanley Cup for guys who just come off the top with, with bits, it's him. Yeah. And it was kind of cool for me to do. I really thought it was cool. And then I remember talking. He loved Felix Potvin for some reason. Really? Yeah. Like, he, he knew a little bit about the Leafs at the time. Okay. And he knew a little bit about Felix Potvin. I think everyone knows a little bit about Felix Potvin. Really? What a, what a random fight. reference. Because well, I think it's the one fight Felix got in with Ron Hextall. Oh, maybe. And yeah. I think because of that, he was he became like a really well-known goalie for people who didn't really know much about hockey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was it was the interview here in Toronto or did you have to go somewhere? Yeah, I was the junket out in in, in LA. So it uh, was, okay. yeah, it was cool. You know, those junkets are always fun. They put you up and they, you know, you get a per diem and, and then you get like free chicken fingers all week. <laughs> <laughs> those ju- I, I recently went okay, so here's like so I had a great okay. experience with Will. Here's one that I didn't have such a great experience with. I was recent I was in New York like two weeks ago and I went to see the movie. I was there on a junket for the movie called uh, Grudge Match. It's with Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro. I should actually say it was a bad experience. It wasn't a bad experience, but uh, my expectations were didn't meet, or sorry, the, the reality didn't oh, meet my no. expectations. I didn't measure them enough. Okay. So I heard that um, Stallone doesn't talk very much, or Stallone does all the, so it's, it's Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone together. Wow. So like you, yeah, Legends. you walk in and you're just like, wow, that's that's like Robert De Niro. It's like if I'm looking at Robert De Niro, I'm like Robert, and there's no real small talk. Like sometimes I, you know, just like I, I always say where I'm from. Like, hey, I'm from Toronto. I'm a I'm a Canadian. So you get the first, hey, you're the nice Canadian guy. Do they generally yeah, respond like that? But uh, they were they were already talking amongst themselves when I so I didn't want to interrupt mm. them because you know I, I don't know I know we're all there to do a job, but I still didn't I don't want to be rude. Um, so I, you know, I said, Hey, I'm from Toronto and they, they, they kind of smiled. Um, so 
I'm asking, so I know that Stallone does all the talking, so I'm asking questions directed at De Niro. And Stallone answered the questions for De Niro. Really? Like, yeah. Like, so, like so, Marley Matlin's, like, like, size, <laughs> like, like that? <laughs> kind of? <laughs> like, no, like he might like, as well have been deaf? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, the guy, he said maybe four words. I remember, so, so I said... Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. you know, a little bit. That's all everyone yeah. knows about De Niro. <laughs> and it's just that face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Um, <laughs> so it's like, so like, I, I asked him this one question about... Um, forgiveness i said oh no holding a grudge i said to to, to de niro i said because uh, of the name of the movie correct i liked what you did there um i think dave wrote it okay. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah when, whenever he whenever can, yeah whenever i have write. a great segment <laughs> yeah. it's usually dave, dave wrote that one and whenever they're like eh, or they suck that's usually the one that i, <laughs> I was slaving over for a couple for. of weeks oh, like trying know. to come up with it yeah um uh so so then i said do you do you hold a grudge uh mr de niro uh, against uh, Clubber Lang for what he did to Mickey in Rocky Three when Mickey dies and Clubber Lang he got, he got a heart attack because That's a of great Clubber. question. Yeah, yeah. And so then Stallone answered. Stallone's like, Yeah, yeah. He holds a grudge. I'm like, Whoa, I, I, I looked, you, I looked De Niro right in the eyes, and I'm like, Mr. De Niro, I addressed him, and then De Niro kind of smiled a bit, and then Stallone answered the question. So it was, it's not almost only like was he, was, he answering, like he was answering the question on behalf of yeah. what Robert De Niro potentially was thinking. Yeah, so I, this is what I think. I want to be that. So I want to be that famous. Yeah, just someone, someone else answers as, for you. Yeah, well, when it's so, I want to be that famous where you have Sylvester Stallone answer for you. <laughs> yeah, because anyone can hire any schmo off the street to answer <laughs> right. for you. But when you get one of the other top A-listers in the world to answer for you, you've arrived. That's true. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. Sylvester Stallone may have is, may have been more world famous than Robert De Niro. Like his peak is probably greater than any peak that. Ooh, oh, listen. Okay, listen. Tight. De Niro tight, yeah. is De Niro's an iconic Raging actor and, yeah. and one of the greatest actors of the 20th century. But Stallone's fame might be greater. I don't know. Either way, there's like yeah. I'm sure there's, there's. I always weigh it not on you know their 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 Oscars or or may, may, you know their bank account whatever it's in there. It's kind of the woman they're dating at the time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, De Niro. Well. Well, that's different because De Niro likes sisters. I that is, and I, he gets so much props from dudes that look like me. Uh, oh my, does he ever? Yeah, yeah that's like, amazing. I like love if, that. if he is ever walking in Tribeca and just sees a brother, brother, just give him a nod. Like, yeah, you were at Naomi Campbell. Yeah. What's up? Oh yeah. man, <laughs> Naomi Campbell was bad oh. as hell. Oh, and you know, Woo. like that translated into the bedroom. You know oh, that. Oh man, Stallone was really nice, but he did all what, the talking. Has that interview happened yet? Have no, you I, that? so that airs. Uh, the movie comes out, I think, on December nineteenth or twentieth. Okay, so it will air around the release of the movie. It might yeah. happen, but I know that, but. This is what I think happened. I think that Stallone asked him for a favor, and De Niro was there just to be nice. Like, I'll come oh. to this thing. He d he never does junkets ever, so he'll I'll come to this let's thing for this you, yeah. and let's yeah, let's help this movie. Okay, okay. So maybe if you, you do see him on Letterman, maybe they'll be together. Or maybe De Niro will be there by himself. But I don't think he, like uh, I I can't remember a single appearance that he's done on Letterman or Leno or Conan. I'm sure he has. Yeah, he avoids but he, it quite he, well. Yeah, right? he doesn't yeah. like to to do interviews and stuff. Have you had a Have you had a bad one? You know I. I I don't. I remember once interviewing Barry Bonds way in the okay. day. Yeah, yeah. When it was called the Skydome. Wow, uh, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was a while ago, and 
he was just very standoffish. Like, like you know, it was it was. So a this is like interleague play, and the, the exactly. uh, NL West would come to Toronto. So the Giants were in TO. What is this like? O two or like O four? This is after he had all those home runs in two thousand one. Yeah, it was O four. It was already when there was like steroid talk a little oh, okay, bit. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I think towards the end of it, like I. I I sort of mentioned something to do with steroids. Not accusing Did you? him. Just about oh, in general. Like, like how cool are, like in, in the Todd way, like how cool are steroids? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And, and that didn't that didn't go over well. How so did he? A, what did, did he say? Anything or did he even look no, at you? No, that it just and that's when he didn't respond, and the interview just kind of trailed off and ended it. Oh you know, man! And and it was and really I was I wasn't I was nervous too. I mean, it's Barry Bonds, the best ball player in the world at the time. Um, but and then I, I always ask about women too. I always I always ask these guys Me too. about I women. Love that. Yeah, yeah, because you know. You're so you asked him about women? Yeah. Oh yeah. At the beginning of it. What and he, okay, but he wasn't say? like because you know that Barry Bonds has come to Toronto before in the past. You know, you just know it, and he's probably hung out. Like saying, not not to play, but just on his own. No, I'm just saying when he's here to play. You know, yeah. like they meet. Like ball players always end up being not necessarily sleeping with or you know doing all the stuff with, but they always end up hanging out with. Tons of gorgeous women. It just happens. As they should. Yeah, exactly. Right. And whether they're married and faithful, and you know, a lot of these guys are. You know, a lot of the guys are actually really good dudes, but they're surrounded by women. So Bonds was just kind of, yeah, there's women. Like, like you didn't, you just didn't get into it. You know, when they're just dry. He was yeah, just very yeah. dry. So, and then I think, and that's when I tried to lighten it up a little bit. It didn't go anywhere. I interviewed um, uh, Menonori Kawasaki this year for the oh, Jays. Oh, from the Jays. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And the entire time, he kept saying, he goes, he kept telling me he was like Chris Brown. Really? Yeah. Like he's a great dancer? Well, see, and I didn't really get what he was talking about. What do you about. think? He beats women? Oh, Come on, man. Who's gonna admit, no. who, even if he did that, who's going to admit that on TV? He's so, not... Well, only radio for everybody. So, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, on air. And I just remember saying, no, no, you're nothing like Chris Brown. I know that. You're nothing, you know, <laughs> bad. And you can't even really... Uh, you, you end up, do you ever do this when you speak to someone who doesn't have a great grasp of the English language? You kind of break down your own language? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you start be using more physical gestures to use that body language as the way to to inter, uh, to to communicate with the other person, right? Because English is their second language. Exactly. So you end up think, saying things like, no, no beat. No, you Oh my like, god, <laughs> dude, you're playing charades. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh but, man, uh, that was so. That was more of a you know miscommunication one that was awkward. But no, generally guys are really good. I, you know, I'm always really impressed by by a listers or by athletes. They're you know they love doing these interviews, and they I think especially with guys like us, we don't really care about stats and Correct. we don't care about box office Correct. draws and all that. Yeah, we just want lifestyle. Yes, and I 100%. think that catches them off guard for the first maybe thirty seconds to a minute, and then. After that, they're like, actually, this guy's for real. And then you, it's like you humanize them. And I think they actually appreciate that. Here's one that okay. just went terrible. Oh, no. The NHL Hall of Fame uh, induct, induction ceremony was a few weeks ago in Toronto. I had one of the best nights of my life, by the way, there. Did you go to Wayne Gretzky's? I was at Gretzky. I oh, went to Gretzky's my gosh, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to talk about. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So for the, listeners, okay. for the listeners, I just got excited because this dude, this dude was at, you're at one of the greatest parties of all time. It, and I wait to you. Okay, I'm so happy this came out because it was so yeah, it was so random for me. Much like we're talking about it now. So in like 2008 or 2009, I was following uh, the NHL playoffs, and I interviewed Chris Chelios. We were we were on the road somewhere, and I'd never interviewed him before. Old school guy. I think he was like 45 at the time. I was like 28 or something. It's crazy. Eh? You know, I'm wearing a t-shirt, baseball cap, and I'm asked. I don't even remember. I was asking him about where 
the hats go when a teammate uh, scores a touchdown. Or, uh, excuse me, scores a hat trick, a touchdown. I love that question. And uh, Being such a hat guy and being such a hockey fan, I've been at games where I actually, and people hate me for saying this, I haven't thrown my hat out. You have or you have not? No, I have not. Because yeah. I wear one hat for about seven months, and I finally get sick of it and wear another one for seven months. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't. Even though I own thousands of hats, I don't rotate my hats. Really? Ever. Oh, I, I I rotate mine based on the color scheme of what I'm wearing. Oh, usually it's when like my girlfriend or now my fiance would be like, it stinks. Like like throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's sweat stains on the back. Yeah, like yeah. you need to get rid of this one. So so like so Chelios is not feeling it at all. He's like, is this a is this a real interview? I'm like, oh yeah, uh. kind of. Um, and then, uh, it, from there, it just kind of, I was trying to resuscitate it, trying to be a little more animated, but he just is like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, why is this fat reporter talking to me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so Get me out of here. <laughs> there was a night that I was recording this podcast and uh, a friend of mine was DJing at Wayne Gretzky's. This is like two weeks ago. And Chris Chelios is just such a G, such a G. This dude had, wait, what is that? Like a gangster, a oh, gangster, okay. but also a gangster, okay. but also like just uh, an old, like an OG, just someone who has like a lot of respect. It doesn't have to be physically a gangster, but just gets a lot of respect. Oh no, G. he because he, he comes from the game. When I mean, when the game, when they play without helmets and stuff, like, right. like that's the re and how long he lasted and right. everything. No, it's instant. You're right. And because of his the way he carries himself and who he is and and whatever, like playing in Chicago. He developed these great relationships. So why don't you tell the audience who was at this party? Okay, so and I'm going through my Instagram to help me remind me because there were so many people. Um, don't say the big, save yeah, the big ones try, to, to exactly, the end. I'm going to try can. and do it in order, yeah. Okay, so Matthew Schneider. Okay, and for me, how, how did you even hear about the party? So this is great. I'm literally lying in my boxer shorts watching Boardwalk Empire, okay? <laughs> and then my buddy, and luckily, he's a, you know, he's a very well-connected guy in the city and, you know, works for one of the big banks, whatever. Great, great dude. He BBMs me. He's like, hey, do you want to come down to Gretzky's? I know you live around the corner. There's a little party going on tonight. Yeah, sure, I'll come out. It was Sunday night. You know, I'm not working the next day anymore. Right. <laughs> so I figure I'll take advantage of not working, and I'll, I'll go check out this little party at Gretzky's for a drink. How we do it? We're doing it, right? So I go to the party, and I literally, I went in. I just threw on jeans. You know me. Like, I don't dress up a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Threw on a toque and, like, a flannel shirt. Like, I wasn't <laughs> even paying. I didn't even think it was anything big, because it's Gretzky's. It's more pubby. Than, so so yeah. Gretzky's here in Toronto. It's just, yeah. it's just a sports bar. Wayne Gretzky's uh, sports bar downtown, just a regular kind of a spot. Exactly, and there's kind of a nice dinner portion, but typically you go there just to chill out. Yeah, and watch and then, watch some games. Exactly. So I go in that kind of mentality. So so that's how I heard about it. So I go in the door, Matthew Schneider. I'm like what? That's Matthew Schneider. Cool. I got to pick with him because you know, like he's a, he's a Jewish hockey player. <laughs> yeah, one of the you yeah. guys. Are, like it's like it's like. Uh, it's like black hockey players. It's probably <laughs> less Jewish hockey players than there are black I, I hockey players. I think so. I, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's tough. You know, I don't know. Other, you know, I don't know how you know if some of them are. But anyway, so, I, yeah, but I didn't. So it was cool. I met him and, and we had a quick little conversation. And then I see, you know, I'm trying not. It's so hard because all of them are such A-listers. Bobby Hall. Okay. Okay. Old like, school Hall of Fame. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Brett Hall. Brett Hall. Brett Hall. He's put on, he put on some LBs. He, 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 he looks like, like Bobby now. That's why yeah. I said yeah. <laughs> that. That guy looks like he's drank some scotch he, in his he, day. Oh, yeah. He he loves his, exactly, <laughs> the Wiser's clap. So, and then there's, um there there's, well, I just got to get right into it. Chris Tucker. Like, right. I mean, Chris Tucker? Like, what the hell's going yeah, on I know, here? Yeah, it was weird. Like, it was, this it, is just like in the order I kind of saw them. I'm trying to pull up my picture. And then, and then I see... Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. was there too? Yeah. Cause he, I just, <laughs> like, 
But like, Academy. like the, these look, these are these are some of the stars you would see during the Toronto International Film Festival. Maybe like that, those type of people that would come to Toronto, for, but not for a. A hockey player getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was wild. Okay. wild. And, and Cuba Gooding, by the way, like nuts. Like, n- like I don't know what I can or can't say, and I'm respecting kind of the code. <laughs> but I mean, if there's anyone who is nuts, it is Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, nice. if there's anyone you want to party with, agreed. Yeah, he agreed. he was just having a great time. So then I see John McEnroe. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I'm freak, I'm freak, now you're reminding me of the people at this party. Yeah, and then and then uh, well, Kid Rock was there. Huge. And he I know that they're buddies. And you know he played, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he played five songs, Sweet Home Alabama, a couple like he was just going at it with the local band there. Uh, just a cover band. Crushed it. I mean, crushed it. Like might as well have seen Snoop Dogg in old school in the backyard. It was that <laughs> it was that it felt that good. Bring your um, green cap. Yeah, Jeremy Roenick was there. You probably know Jeremy. Uh, I yeah. I met him a couple times. Okay. Great interview, yeah. But hey. I don't I don't know him to. He would know who I was. Okay, and he's just rocking out to Kid Rock, going nuts. But my favorite part, and I've actually I've, I've told this story once before. Uh, you know, actually on another podcast. The this is probably the most surreal moment in my entire life. I go and I see Wayne Gretzky. Okay, there's, and there's a t- ton more celebrities. So like there, by Wayne the way. Gretzky's there. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. But, and he doesn't really make very many public appearances, but he came to Toronto for this. For the, exactly, um, and it was you know helped that he was at his own restaurant. But yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. So and and I, I've been very fortunate. I've met Wayne before. So Wayne knows me kind of as the radio guy. Okay. Yeah, and again, I use this line already, but ironic that I'm not even working in radio right now. But so he's like, hey, radio guy. So we're kind of talking as I'm literally talking to Wayne Gretzky, sitting next to him. There is a third seat. Who sits right next to Wayne Gretzky? Your idol. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Like so it's me, Wayne Gretzky, and Michael Jordan. So I lean in, I lean into Wayne and I go and it, you know he kind of knows me and, and I was about to get a picture with him anyway even though it was one of those events you don't really ask people pictures for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I get a picture with Wayne and oh no no jeez I'm way ahead of myself. I asked to get a picture with Wayne. Wayne says, you know what, man? No. Like, you're just not, not here. And, I'm like, and I totally understood. Yeah. He then leans over to Michael Jordan, and this is what I hear come out of his mouth. Hey, how does it feel to only have five MVPs, bud? <laughs> to, to MJ? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. That is amazing. And I know you always say everything's about the story. Yes. And, you know, and imagine being there when you hear, because you can't. You can't top that. Like, there's no one else you can talk to and say that. There well, two I, the... I would. Would it, uh, yeah. I wish. I wish you heard what MJ responded with. He just laughed. He laughed, and then I actually interrupted it, and I shook MJ's hand, and his hands were huge. I'm like, man, you got huge hands. He goes, I know, I've been told that before. And then I kind of, <laughs> I just kind of laughed. I'm like, okay, I'm at. I'm. There's no this 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 C-lister unemployed dude. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> See, like an F-lister. That's uh. Oh, yeah. What a, what a party, man! Oh, and it didn't stop. There were like even like guys. There was a guy like Don Wildman there. Do you know who that is? No. Founders of Bally's Fitness sold it oh, in really? 1983 for a billion dollars. In '83, yeah, yeah. Guys like that. Like there's just so many. There's a whole. Apparently, Chelios lives in Malibu. So I, I did a little homework. He does. He does. Yeah. He lives across the street from a friend of mine, uh, this dude named Sheldon Surrey. And the last time I went to Sheldon's place, he's like, Chelios just lives across the street down that hill. And then we went and worked out, and he murdered me. Okay. Did he, like, box you? No, he was just, okay. I was just trying to do one of his workouts, and I died about 
18 minutes in. That guy just went for about 75 minutes. Is he the coolest guy on the planet, Sheldon Surrey? Sheldon Surrey is amazing. Like the such biggest a, stud. Such a good dude. I was in I was in Montreal. Sorry to interrupt your story. No, no, no. Montreal 2009, NHL All-Star Game, All-Star Weekend. We were at a club called Opera. And at so this is the Sunday night. Everybody, all the All-Stars were at this party. And um, I went in with uh, Surrey. So he's, he's uh, chilling with the guy that owns the club, this guy named Max. And he's like in this elevated, I'm this elevated bar, sort of in the corner. And around him, Todd, there are at minimum seven, nine to ten and a half out of ten. Just like, just around him waiting. To, it's almost like they're waiting to be chosen. And like he had, and they'd be fine with that process too. What's that? And and they'd be fine yeah, with that 100%, process. Yeah, hundred percent. They would yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had his back to them. Like he didn't even care that they were there. But they were just like in this little cluster, wow. and just sort of like, like sort of politely kind of jockeying for just to maybe get in his sight line. But he didn't care. Like these girls were bad as hell, dude. And I was like, I said to Shelly, I'm like, doggy, can you can you be Steve Nash tonight? You just throw throw the kid a little. little alley you put the rim and I'll, I'll lay it in I'll lay it in and he just laughed he wasn't Steve Nash no he didn't, no, he, didn't. Not, he took them all home well yeah, I don't yeah. know if he did that but he the, is he looks like he would be the biggest stud on the planet he's a, uh, and he, he he's a great sexiest dude. man alive like he should win it next year I remember that yeah. I had friends that were two friends that were salivating when they saw him in the ESPN the magazine body issue they and did, those were oh, guys and those were was, guys yeah it was yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was him Ethan Morrow and Andrew Cox Agliano, just muscles for days and yeah these I was at the score at the time and that magazine was just getting passed around I'm like what why is this on my desk right now and uh, but yeah he's a good great good dude, dude. great so, dude yeah well it's too bad you weren't at the Gretzky's at, at, at Chelios's induction party I was, was texting the DJ and I was just oh. like I was like wow I'm just missing the, one of the it, greatest parties ever in Toronto <laughs> Todd Shapiro, thank you very much for joining me on my guy Mondays what, what's your handle on Twitter thank and you. on Instagram yeah I am I uh, at I am Toddy Tickles. I am Toddy Tickles. T-O-D-D-Y Tickles. And same thing on Instagram? Same on Instagram. My Guy Monday. Debuting on the My Guy Monday podcast is my friend Randy Urban, former producer for Jerry D, sports reporter, and was co-hosting on the court surfing. That's my true. my basketball, uh, one of my basketball confidants, and as well as your sneaker game, and unfortunately this is an audio um, uh, medium, not a visual medium, but your sneaker game is always very tight. Thank you. I thought you'd like these today, the uh, retro white pumps. Do were those do were those D Browns used to rock those? <laughs> D Brown, did, was did. it a t- with, with uh, Sean? Kemp, did Sean Camp have Reebok pumps? Uh, I would think so. I think I feel like it was like D Brown was made he, them famous. He had something pumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean Kemp, he knows about that technology pumping away. Um, okay, I got to start this conversation off with the Ohio State. I'm a big the Ohio State fan. Yeah, you are. Um, I'm not. the The origin of my 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 love for the Ohio State is my high school football coach went to a clinic uh, when we were when I was in the twelfth grade, a coaching clinic in like Indiana or Illinois. It's funny how those things start, eh? Yeah. It's just out of nowhere. You're like, I'm going to like that team because my grandmother's dad <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so when he came back, he said, uh, you need to watch a running back named Eddie George. He goes to oh, Ohio yeah. State. And I'm like, okay, cool. I started watching Eddie George, fell in love with the dude. He was my first 
man crush. Yeah. Eddie George at the Ohio State won the Heisman, and I followed him to Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans. I'm now a Tennessee Titans fan because of my original man crush on Eddie George. So now I rep for the Ohio State. I and like when, that. And the last game on the calendar is always the game versus Michigan. Yeah. And they missed on a – and Michigan had a chance to win the game. On a on a two point conversion, which they failed, it was inter interception intercepted. So, so and Michigan, the Ohio State, Michigan could have just kicked the extra point. Yeah, and forced overtime. Forced overtime. But they got greedy. You know, college football is just about the excitement. I find so it seems like you see a lot of teams going for it. Uh, you know, would go for it in that situation. I don't know if I would do that. You would play it safe. You wouldn't go for the two point conversion. Yeah, probably. I would trust the fact that I could score better than these this other team when, in overtime. When you look across the field and you see Urban Meyer's cocky face, the coach of the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and you're like, you just want to stick it to him. The rivalry is so intense. Yeah. The teams don't even mention each other's names. But, they just said that team up north and that team in the Midwest, they, that team in Ohio, they don't even mention. It's just that kind of rivalry. But isn't it worse to lose the way they did? And you got to look at them after the game? Yeah, probably. There, there may have been some tears. Yeah. Like and some, I, some wall punching and some, uh, some broken toes from kicking over stuff. You're, you're the type of guy that would go for it, though, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have gone for it. I'd have believed in my guys. Yeah. So after the game, now this, this, is the, this is the crazy part. After the game, as the rest of the college football world is fixated on the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama, this is like... Uh, uh, again, also the last uh, date on the calendar for the regular season. Alabama's undefeated. They're trying to go for the it's uh, third, the rank number one. It's third straight national championship. And on a, you know, on a missed field goal with one second left in the game, Chris Davis of Auburn, it's like one yard back, like one yard away from the back of the end zone, receives the the missed field goal, and he returns at 109 yards, and the place obviously goes bananas. That is a crazy ending. So where, so as this was happening on Twitter, or in real life, how were you following the game, or how did you become aware of the game, or this result? Well, again, I'm not a big college football fan. I will uh, you know, start off by saying that, but I was walking down Young Street at this time, and Don't you here in Toronto? Yeah, in Toronto. And there is an establishment uh, just south of Bloor. What, like where, where adults go to play? There's an establishment where adults go to play or work. Right, <laughs> yeah. It depends what your, your vocation is. Um, and I was walking there. And I was, I was actually, there's a nice little restaurant called Ginger. Well, it's a, you know, a Vietnamese yeah, cuisine yeah. place. I know, and but, I, yeah. That's where I was going. I wasn't. I was, it was too early in the day and against all my beliefs. To wait, to go to the adult playground next door? Yeah. Or two, two doors down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's against them. but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was uh, going to get some of these spring rolls that are just amazing at Ginger. I don't know if you've had them. No, I haven't. They are the best spring rolls I've ever had. Okay. Okay. So I'm I get outside. I'm walking um, by there, and uh, there's a group of girls with a couple of guys like lagging behind in a group, right? So they're all, the girls are like, come on, let's go, let's go. I don't know if they're shopping or they're going to go like into the establishment. I'm not sure. But the guy's like looking at his phone. He goes, sorry, sorry, Iron Bowl. Like that. Oh, yeah? You yeah. heard him say yeah. that? Yeah, so I heard Iron Bowl. I'm like, what happened in the Iron Bowl? So I go home and I get on, you know, I go on ESPN and I, I check it out and I, I saw the result. I'm like, oh, that, that's worth lagging behind. 
It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that, dude, dudes are dudes are just fixated I, uh, on sports on our phone. That's how we a lot of people consume sports. It's like on our phones, whether it's by Twitter or some kind of app where you can like follow the game with the play-by-play or whatever. I was in Winnipeg, Manitoba, at a place called the Shark Club, which the scenery is similar to that adult playground. Oh, really? That you're mentioned on, on Young Street. Which is there we'll a sim- Shark Club here, too? There is a Shark Club here in Toronto, but I was at this one in Winnipeg, and the the candy is like, wherever they make Skittles is like where <laughs> these girls come from. Uh, and I was, so it was, it was Saturday night. It was hockey night, so it was, it was the Leafs were playing in Montreal, and uh, TSN was had a, like a Georgia game on, so I wasn't the Alabama game wasn't on. So I was just following on Twitter, and then like there's one point, Agent McCarron threw a 99 yard touchdown. It was like back and forth, and then just the reaction on Twitter, like when Chris Davis returned this touchdown for 109 yards, it was like. It was like Twitter broke. It was crazy. All these people from from all over the place commenting on this game and the result, which was like, which was unbelievable. And the reason we got to this part, and I started with Ohio State, is because there's a video on YouTube which shows the Ohio State Buckeyes' reaction as a team when and watching Auburn steal this game from Alabama, the then ranked number one Alabama, because Ohio State was ranked three, and it's just yelling yeah it's like you can't really make out like you see some tvs on the bus and it's just i'm surprised i didn't hear any like four letter words because it was just ah! it was just euphoric and i think that like release is what uh, what a lot what draws a lot of people to collegiate sports college basketball college football because they say it's quote-unquote pure and money hasn't affected the game or affected the athletes as much which i think is bs but anyway Do you? Hundred percent, dude. Okay, but are we getting in, are we getting into this conversation no, on my guy Monday's radio? No, again? just quickly, one second. If you lose an NBA championship and you're, you know, obviously you're upset about it, and if you win, conversely, the NBA championship, you're excited, you're popping bottles, you're doing whatever. But if you lose, you always have that fallback of, oh, I could just go eat and drink whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could do that in college. Are you kidding? Those guys are absolute gods on campus. If you play for the big, you know, the the if you're at a big program, you play on the okay. basketball team or the football team. Okay, but having money is not everything. Not having it is, right? So, yeah, that's fair. Great so, point. Great so if point. you're if you're a professional athlete, that's a it's a nice fallback, right? But okay, I guess the way that money that people see uh, professional athletes and they have, you know, they take it. it the image of, of maybe these athletes being spoiled or the way they like they live their lifestyles that's what people take umbrage with as opposed to collegiate athletes who are in it for i guess a pure sense of the game just because they're not rewarded financially with check big checks but again i think that's bs i have a different viewpoint on that uh, i think it's all pretty much the same in uh the ncaa is a as a body governing body should be dismantled yeah i i agree with that so the Ohio State, the reaction on the bus, they now the Associated Press, uh, they have them as number two, and Florida State is number one, and uh, Auburn number three, and Alabama number four. BCS comes out soon, but um, uh, that was just, I just had to talk to someone about college football because it was just amazing on oh. Saturday night. And I didn't even go out in Winnipeg on Saturday night. I just went back to my hotel room, and that, I stayed on Twitter. That's going out in Winnipeg. <laughs> 
<laughs> just go, going back to hotel. I should have just I could I should have just stayed at the shot club because the scenery enough was it was Yeah, why was, would you leave that? I don't know. I just I don't know. I had to go I had to go home. Sometimes <laughs> you just have to pull the plug, you know what I mean? That's true. Cuz then nothing good happens after 2 a.m. <laughs> well, no, it's good, but then it's sometimes it's trouble. Trouble. <laughs> Um, trouble, trouble. Do, oh, sorry. What do you think about your uh, your dude Jason Kidd's uh, move to extend to give his team uh, some more time <laughs> to devise a play and uh, telling a, a one of his players to hit him so he can drop the cup of the plastic cup of Coke, thereby spilling it on the floor on the court, thereby delaying the game a little bit, and thereby giving himself a $50,000 fine. Yeah, well, Jason Kidd was one of the smartest players in the NBA when he played. You, as a point guard, there aren't very many dumb point guards. You know, they're extension of the coach. And he's got to know that in this day and age, there's 48 cameras on his <laughs> <No>. lips <laughs> during a game. Yeah. Like, that is the stupidest thing I could ever think of. And it's and it's weak. Like, What's the way it's stupid? I, the fact I'm that not, he tried to do something or that actual move you think is the stupidest thing ever? I think I think both. I'm not a huge, like, I'm not a big cheater, right? So I'm not a guy that's, like, clutching and grabbing and trying to get ahead if the ref doesn't see it. Maybe in football it's different because that's a, a tactic to survive and you have to do that to become at a certain level. But in basketball, I always hated guys that would, like, you know, you run through the lane and they'd give you a punch in the in the ribs or they'd grab your shorts. Like just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And if I'm better at you better than you at those rules, then suck it up and try to get better. Well, that is part of how people play the game. I mean, you know, the the, the game which is like synonymous for cheating or gamesmanship is baseball. They're all guys stealing signs, pitchers with uh, you know, Vaseline on the fingers or, or scuffing the ball to but get But there's an edge. degrees of cheating in baseball, right? Stealing signs is one thing. That's like kind of knowing you're stealing you're stealing a sign. No, no, you're look you're you're looking at something that's being presented to you and whether or not you can decode it. You know, it's. I think stealing signs is different than like rubbing stuff on the ball. Okay. Or okay, fine, sure, sure, sure. Right. So, but it's all under the uh, under the umbrella of che cheating. If you want to, if you want to say, play the game at its purest form, play the game with no, uh, you know, trickery or anything like that. Just play the game as it's stated in the rule books. Then that goes under the umbrella of cheating. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm kind of wrong too because I too enjoy getting away with a foul call. You know, or fouling somebody, not getting called for it. You know that kind of cheating, but that's just human error. Okay, wait, that's okay. not. Is the is the was the fine too harsh though? Fifty thousand dollars for Jason Kidd, Randy. Well, he's taking away from the integrity of the game. I think he's trying to do something that is uh, far against the rules or whatever, and he's trying to win the game based on that. He might as well have been. Point shaving. Come no, on, no, maybe not come point on. shaving. That's too far. Yeah. No, but like you know, the, the NBA looks uh, negatively on that kind of that kind of action, right? You're fifty thousand dollars, though. It's a lot of money. NBA just loves to find oh, its players. Okay, man. and then what happens if the play worked and they won the game? And he got away with it? Yeah, or not even, or, or if, or if after they saw that he didn't get away with, or that that he they they caught him. Oh, then it's hey, a win's a win. Not for the other team, it's not. <laughs> I suppose. You know, and I guess if that was if that was like April the twelfth, and they were fighting for a playoff position or whatever, then there and there's so much more meaning to that win than you know an early part in November. But every game, I, this people always say, yeah, the games mean more in the end. But 
you don't have to play more meaningful games if you win these games now. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. But uh, I see it, fe- it feels like there's more at stake in April than there is in yeah. November. I just want to say one thing about the Brooklyn Nets. I've been saying since the beginning of time that they weren't going to be good this year. <laughs> <laughs> And they're awful. Yeah, they're awful. And, and the New York Knicks are also atrocious. Two highest payrolls in the NBA. Yeah, like, two worst records <laughs> in the NBA. That makes me smile. It's, does it? <laughs> Yo, yeah, I love the little guy. So you love like the I don't Golden love the State Milwaukee Warriors? Bucks. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I, I love the Golden State Warriors for sure. But they're spending money too. But they're not spending Knicks money, Brooklyn money. But I just thought, I don't know how people thought because Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce are coming over that this all of a sudden makes this a contending team. They lost to the Bulls without Derrick Rose last year mm. with their two best players, Darren mm. Williams and, and Brooke Lopez, Bad Hair Lopez. That's fun. Terrible. Terrible. You, hair. Uh, what? You think so? Worst hair in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to shave it soon. But the other, uh, Robin, one of them is, is going bald. Robin. You think Robin's hair got over Brooks? Yeah, the, when he had the when it was going nuts. Yeah, he had like the sideshow bob. Like yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The yeah. I take that for sure. They have the Verjao light. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I just think that they're not. I don't know how you thought that people thought that they were going to be better. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett showed their age last year. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And in the NBA, you know, Jason Kidd knows you get old quick. Because all of a, Jason Kidd was at one point to me the most one of the most feared players, if not the most feared player, when he took his team back to back to back finals. Right, with those Nets teams in yeah, the early two thousands, yeah, two thousand two and two thousand three, I believe. There wasn't a guy on the court that I feared more in the last minute of the game than Jason Kidd, and he couldn't shoot. He could not shoot. You know? no. and that, so that says something about his ability to get to the rim or get easy buckets for for other players. He he was amazing, but all of a sudden he got he got. Right? And now, you know, I'm not saying Garnett and Pierce are there, but they are teetering on the edge. So if Jason Kidd gets away with it and they win that game, then are you, would you still criticize him? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I'd be like, that's smart. Like, that's a, that's a good for you. I think it has to do with if you like the players or not. I'm not. Ah, a, that's, that's, that's a fair point. You know, I don't really, I don't, at this point in my career, I don't love Jason Kidd. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. Really? Yeah, he just sort of rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> as a coach or just as a dude? In general. Just overall. That's interesting. There's F- more, figure I, that out and let I, me know I, what, I, that, what that's about. There's so many more likable guys than Jason. Didn't he do something like beat his wife? Yeah, there was some domestic okay, stuff. Okay, well then that, there, I okay, hate Okay, fine, him. sure, sure. <laughs> okay, yes, it's deplorable. Yes, it is. Uh, but people forget. The audience forgives. That's true. Um, okay, we mentioned... Uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, yeah. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I know you. Let's see. I know you played basketball at the University of Toronto for five years. <laughs> well, I was around the team. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, I got the lunchbox trip box award. <laughs> hey, blue collar to the fullest. That's right. But you, your game is you're a perimeter dude, and you love to shoot. That's and yeah. I know you obviously respect these guys because. Um, they're just pure shooters and they're unbelievable young talents. There's so much potential on the West Coast and certainly with that franchise. Uh, and they carry the nickname the Splash Brothers. Are you yeah. good with that? You like it? Uh, it's okay. It doesn't, it's not the best nickname in the world, but I'd like the Wet Brothers. Come on, you can't call them the Wet Brothers? Yeah, when you shoot and you, and you know it's going, you're just like wet. I know, yes. When there's a, when, when you can't market the Wet Brothers, not the, <laughs> not the image context, NBA. Like, obviously, Why? that's, what do you, what are you, you, what's, what are you talking about? It's wet. Listen, when you, uh, okay, for those, for those who aren't huge basketball fans. <laughs> I don't understand. But when, but when a player <laughs> shoots the ball and it's a swish, the, the, the colloquialism is to say wet 
once once the, the the ball goes through because it's like you're splashing the net and just a switch is like so what's the difference so it's wet you, can you imagine come on can you imagine wet, a six-year-old wet in, sauce wait can you imagine a six-year-old in san francisco showing up to a game and he's wearing a t-shirt that says wet brothers or yes, let's, let's make it wet. Yeah. Let's make yeah. it wet. Yeah, make Come it wet. Come on, make it wet. Make it. One of them could be called make it wet. The other could be called make it rain. So they're like the. That's stupid. So they move. They call them the weathermen. The weathermen. The yeah. weathermen. Yeah. Well, could you imagine like the Smash Brothers or the Bash Brothers? Bash Brothers. That's the, got connotations too. Now you can make a connotation about everything. Yeah, but that was baseball. Canseco and McGuire. The bat. They were crushing home runs in Oakland in the in the mid to late '80s. Like that just and they were jacked. I mean, that makes it the Bash Brothers. Boo. And I'm sure they were running things in the Northern California area in San Francisco and Southern know, California. Yeah, and when Arizona, they're on the, when they're on the road playing all over the Nevada, Washington, probably just running <laughs> wherever. Yeah. Steroids stretched far. <laughs> <laughs> there are you know I wish there were more uh, nicknames for tandems in sports right now like the Splash Brothers I'm going to ride with that. I love those two players. Yeah. I love Steph Curry, and I love Klay Thompson. I'm riding with that. If they're called the Weathermen, I'd ride with that, too. You guys can have that one for free. Yeah, the, the hockey one is just the Sadine twins. Yeah, they're just... <laughs> There's no nickname. They're just the twins. Well, yeah, yeah they're twins. They're twins. Yeah, there aren't any, like, in, in football, they're the lumber company. But I don't even know if the lumber company, Deshaun Goldson and and uh, Dante Hittner, no longer Dante Whitner, but Dante, Dante Hittner. Is that for, is that, he's, he, he's I've now I've seen that on... on, on yeah. I think it takes a little while to legally change his name when Meta World, or when Ron Artest changed his name to Meta World Peace. He said the process took a lot longer than he thought than just going down to the, the county office and just, like, submitting, <laughs> well, hey, this is my new name. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I suppose, yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be able to just, just change it just on the fly like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be a whole process. So, um, he, he, you know, Dante Whitner's trying to take the W out of his name, Dante Hitter. So, I don't know if it's if it's, if it's gone through yet, but um, the Lumber Company, I kind of dig that name, but I don't know if that's really uh, caught on. That's weak. The, no, dude. Company? That, that What does that mean? The like, Lumber at Company. At least if you have brothers in it, you have the, the, the Splash Brothers. Yeah, but they're taking the two by fours company. and just smashing you with it. Like they're just, it's they're just building fortresses. I don't see that. I just don't. I just don't see that. <laughs> we need we need more nicknames. Is that in is there only two now? There's but only two I duos. I can't, I can't think of any others. Like the Can Am Connection. Is that in that wrestling? Yeah, those are my guys. <laughs> <laughs> those are I my like guys. I like the British Bulldogs. Oh yeah, I like yeah, those. Yeah. And the Heart Foundation was legit. Anything foundation would be that, that was that was pretty Axe cool. Action smash demolition. Demolition, because well, they, I guess when wrestling they have tandems. In in other sports they don't necessarily like. I love Lob City. <laughs> I mean that's 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 still around because Chris Paul is just a double double machine. Did you see last Roger. night no. what he was doing no, on the court? It. I missed it. Oh my, he is just he is uh, he's special to watch. The alley oops that he threw, like he's falling down. You think he's just lo- like throwing up a desperation shot? He kind of tilts the tilts his hand and it's a lob for DeAndre Jordan. He throws it down. Like he was unbelievable yesterday. They lost, but he was he's amazing. Doc Rivers is doing great things with uh, with his game. Well, he's doing great things with his game, but I think Doc Rivers is really opening up, uh, him up a little bit. Jason Kidd, or excuse me, uh, Chris Paul's in his prime. Jason Kidd in his prime, who was the better point guard? Oh, Chris Paul, just because he can shoot it a little bit better. You think so? I think so. Although, it's tough to say. Jason Kidd took his team to the finals, so you can't... He took his team to the finals three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times! Yeah. Spurs twice and Lakers once. Well, they did have a good team. Vince Dude, Carter. they had Kenyon Martin and Richard Jefferson. That's it. And Carrie no, Kittles. Vince Carter. 
Uh, or did he go with them? No, he wasn't there in 05. Oh. Well, Kerry Kittles was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall <laughs> Gill was, Kendall <laughs> Gill could, could steal the ball. Oh, Let, can we go back to the wrestling tandem for a second? Bro, quickly. Did, did, did you like when they always introduced the, the, the tag team and they combined the weight? <laughs> if that was us, that would be good for you. Because the people would just do like, they would just split it down the middle. Oh, we goes, oh, we would be guys. 510 pounds. Yeah, but then they'd both think we're 250, 255. <laughs> and I would I would be 350 of those 510 pounds. Randy Urban. Yeah. Thank you for joining me here no on problem. the My Guy Monday podcast. On Twitter, you can find him at Urban Randy. I don't tweet much, but when I do, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming by, man. No, thanks for having me. What could make Gabby feel this way? My guy, my guy, my guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. My Guy Mondays continues and back in the booth. Is my dude Justin Mulligan on Twitter? It's at Mulls, M U L L Z underscore zero zero. Welcome back, sir. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You are my uh, purveyor of finer things in the pop culture sphere and uh, women. I like that. But, oh, I'm okay with that title. Yeah, you are. You are. Purve- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually, it's a purveyor of finer things, but yeah, women are finer things, 100. Yes. percent And pop culture. You certainly have a gift, and you certainly digest it and consume it as much as anybody I know. So that's why uh, I uh, you you come in to have these conversations. Does that mean I have too much free time on my hands? Uh, no, it's just that you have uh, interest that you you <laughs> pop culture engulfs so much, but generally it's entertainment. Yes. Yeah. And, Instead uh, of reading a book, I'll watch TMZ. <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, we're starting this particular conversation off on a on a on a sad note. Um, just want to give a shout out to uh, Paul Walker, who died yeah. uh, tragically in a car crash uh, over the weekend. Um, his friend, him, and his friend were returning from a charity event, and they crashed, uh, going I don't know how fast, but it was. You know what's crazy about the story is uh, okay. First of all, when did you hear about it? And did you hear about yeah I heard you, it via Twitter did, okay yeah, yeah yeah via Twitter and just saw it breaking and I was like same thing I was like wow that sucks and I was like that's kind of ironic at the same time you know and, and I and I was everybody was using irony and I was like is this actually irony like the the definition of the word and I'm not smart so I, I actually sent a text message to my friend uh, Adnan Verk at ESPN because yeah. uh, Verk is one of the smartest people I know I'm like Verk in this case is this irony and he said uh, it is a lot of people misuse irony, but I think it becomes situational irony in this case because of what he's known for the Fast and the Furious franchise, and this is how this is how ultimately he passes or he, he dies. Yeah, uh, and they've done everything in the Fast and Furious franchise that you could possibly do in a car and survived, right? Like so that's, I, I that's, that's where I see the irony in it. Like he's done the most death-defying things in a car. I'm sure it's you know it's all CGI and everything, but and then that's ultimately the way it went out is kind of ironic. Do you find, uh, are you okay with how, uh, when you saw on your Facebook feed or on Twitter all these, uh, a lot of young women or women reaching out just like, you know, we lost an angel and like, you know, just like, you know, prayers for, like, I, I, I guess the, <laughs> because he was, uh, let me he's a very good looking man. He's a very good looking man. And there was a lot of Paul Walker fans that I didn't know that came out of the woodwork. Yeah, on the and, Facebook and social media. And, and I guess I was kind of meandering around it. You know, if, if Paul Walker looked like Paul Giamatti, 
would the same outpouring of of sadness and emotion be be seen from people that are in our generation or or, or younger than us? Uh, do you, what do you think? It's an impossible hypothetical. Yes, but I mean, maybe not from the female side of that things. I think you'd still get a lot of people. I think a lot of people do it, and, and this is going to kind of sound cold, but I think a lot of people jump on the train because it's, it's the thing to do for social media now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all these people... If you go through their their feeds from when they created Instagram, you'll never see anything else saying Paul Walker and Fast and Furious Six, amazing job. Right. You know what I mean? But then with the passing, it's like all of a sudden there's a picture of him, and it's like rest in peace, you'll be missed. But before that, you never knew they even liked him. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you, even though it sounds cold. I I hope we don't. I'm I'm sure there are people that uh, agree with us just by the just how. Oh geez, how how active their feeds were just in you know memory of Paul Walker or honoring Paul Walker and uh, and it was I don't know it was it was obviously tragic and uh, I didn't see a lot of the fast I think I've only seen two of the fast I've seen them all ones. actually have you yes I have I've seen the I first the only one I didn't see was Tokyo Drift or whatever those ones were. That's the one I saw. Oh, really? I saw that one. <laughs> I thought that was the worst. I, I've seen all the ones with Paul Walker in it. Like with the original cast, I enjoy them. Because it's just like a I actually like the third one, the, the Drift one, where it's, they oh, kind of really? take the franchise. It's, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Him and Bow Wow, they take it to, to Japan. I, I feel like there was a Paul Walker cameo in that oh, one, but I can't probably. remember. But uh, that's that's obviously the franchise that he's known for, and, uh, and you know, obviously we're, it's... Uh, it's sad anytime someone passes. Did you, and did you see the main th- the main the main quote that they had with all the pictures of him though? Like if no. if you if I die from speed, uh, don't cry because I was smiling. Like that's the main that's the main quote that's with all the pictures of him on Instagram. It's like if I if I die from speed, don't cry because you know I was smiling. Oh man, that's like prophetic. It's, I know, it's, right? Like it's, it's interesting. That's weird, but uh, man, that's that's how life goes sometimes. Uh, speaking of. Um, Resting in peace. How's your BlackBerry doing? It's doing well. It's just <laughs> making a comeback. No, it's not making a comeback. It is. BlackBerry is like giving. Okay, listen. <laughs> if you have the BlackBerry 10, every day from December 1st to December 25th, you you get a uh, a, a free access to one of their premium apps. They're giving apps away for free because the company is just hemorrhaging money. Are you getting apps? No, because they don't have a 10. What do you have? Uh, I think I have the bold 9900 or something. <laughs> Which is a great phone. It's actually a great phone. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's work thing, so like, they haven't gave me the 10 yet. But, I mean, if I did, I would, because I love apps. <laughs> well, you have a bunch of apps on your iPad, don't you? Yes. So I would just get the same ones on my BlackBerry. <laughs> but, I mean, see, I use my BlackBerry a lot more now because of the release of BBM, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's more relevant again. Yeah, but are a lot of people coming back though? Yeah, I think so. I have like I ten talk contacts. I have BlackBerry now. I know, but I have ten contacts, whereas before I had four hundred. Yeah, like well, that's just ago. because you're you're not embracing it. Maybe, but I don't know if it, a lot of people are embracing it. it seems kind of like, you know, every people have iMessage or they use WhatsApp or they just use regular text message. I, I, I barely use WhatsApp anymore now. I use WhatsApp all the time. I know, but now every people I talked on there are now on BlackBerry. On BBM again, so I talked to them on BBM. WhatsApp, you get the pictures, you get video too. And yeah, but you can do all that on, on BBM. I haven't tried to send any video on BBM. WhatsApp is my go-to. Just huh? because I had to move from BBM way back when. Yeah, so now you're just used to the, the WhatsApp. So I, I know that you go to a lot of games, and you're aren't you going to L.A. soon? When are you going to L.A.? I'm going to go out for that uh, Stadium Series game in, in January. Oh, okay. And the outdoor game. How they, I don't even know how they're going to do that. Well, they can make ice anywhere now. They're skating around... Um, in, in Dubai? The, 
in Dubai, yes. And then out front of the Staples Center, they have an ice rink. Oh, that's right. Yes, so, I've, I mean, seen, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, With yeah, the yeah. tubes and everything and modern technology. It's going to be weird. It's going to be cool. Because, like, you're going to be sitting there. It's going to be, like, maybe 15 degrees. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a T-shirt on. And then they're just playing hockey. The Dodger dog and, uh, you know, and, uh, like, a... A sprite from In and Out Burger. Yeah, and I heard that they might like do on the entranceway to the rink, like they might like just make it all sand with palm trees, so like the players will be walking through that really? to the rink. Yeah, yeah, but then it's gonna get sand on their skates. No, no, no. Like they'll put a path to walk down, but then the path will be surrounded by sand, so it'll be like just... it'll be like the strand on like Venice Beach or something like that. <laughs> it's gonna be super cool, I think. That's gonna be so weird. So like, um... would you rather be there, sitting in a t-shirt and jeans, with you know girls wearing the same, or in the big house? In like minus twenty New Year's Day. Hmm. I'll, I'll take January all day long. Okay, fine. January in LA, <laughs> sure, sure. Because I'm not. I'm. I'm a the Ohio State get, guy. So uh, the big house in Michigan would just make. I would just be hating it. I would just be like. Fair enough. Trying to vandalize it mentally and emotionally. Uh, Tom Hanks showed up at the Great Cup, and I know he's been seen at uh, uh, st- at the Staples Center for your LA Kings games and stuff. Um, do you think it's like? The, the the Tom Hanks sighting at the Grey, Grey Cup was like super weird because their stars of his caliber don't generally show up, especially to the Grey, to the Grey Cup. Cup. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, he, he got an invite from Martin Short, who's a uh, Hamilton native, Hamilton, Ontario native, and he came. He brought his family. They flew in to Regina on a private jet. They came to the game. They took some photos. They had an interview. Martin Short and Tom Hanks an interview with uh, Brian, the Brian Williams. Um, and then, like a couple days later, Tom Hanks is at the Staples Center, like complaining about a goal that Justin Williams snipe, which is a, it was just a sniped it. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, so when you when you see stars at games, a are you surprised? Certainly the ones that embrace hockey. Are you surprised? And then if you do see them, do you ever say anything to them? Like say what's up or get your photo taken with them? Uh, I'm not surprised because at the end of the day, they are people, and that's what we always forget. Because like you think of them in the superstar status, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's probably a guy that just likes a beer and watch sports, and you know, so he's just trying to be a normal person. So I actually applaud it because, I mean, he's going to get hounded. I mean, I I just went out to LA in October and, and went with a bit of a celebrity, and it was when we walked through the concourse, it was just like, can I get your picture? Can I get your picture with you? Like it's they don't have a time to breathe. So I I applaud them for doing it. Uh, would I go get my picture taken? Maybe if it was like Pamela Ooh, or Pam. somebody like that. But like right. Tom Hanks, I'd probably just be like, that's cool. And then if I met him, I met him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bug him, I don't think. Like if it was Megan Fox, for sure. <laughs> Instagram photo. <laughs> BBM display pic. Uh, I would I would do so if it was uh, Kate Upton or Damaris yeah. Lewis or, um, boy, who else would I? Uh, Sierra. That's my go-to. But, I mean, do you remember back in the day, though? Like, the CFL used to be a big deal. John Candy and, like... Yeah, they brought the part... Like, they brought L.A. into the CFL. Right, yeah. And then Rocket Ishmael signed, and and, and Michael Clemens was on his way up. The glory days. It was exciting in Toronto. Yeah. It's not so... Bruce McNall. Even though the Argos won last year, it it still didn't have the same excitement as the early 90s. But shout-out to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders... Uh, winning in uh, Mosaic Stadium, it was uh, it was How monumental. How cold was it there? Uh, it was cold leading up to the game. Yeah, but uh, actual game time, no game time it was cold, cold nights. Too. It was cold, too, cold yeah. nights. And then people just celebrated on. I think it was Albert Street, just like for hours. And people stayed in the stadium for like forty-five minutes to an hour after the conclusion of the game, just to soak up 
the energy and the vibe. It was it was pretty cool to see. I've never seen anything like that, and I've never seen a fan base like that in the CFL. They are 100% unique, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, so shout out to them. Um, I was re- I was watching a, um, I was in a YouTube rabbit hole again. Oh, those are bad. I know, dude. I just kept, I keep falling in these things, and it's always Sunday nights. And I ended up on this Michael Jackson tribute video, like it was 30 years of the Jackson 5, and they did this concert. It, there was like there was like Japanese text on the screen, so, you know, some Japanese feed of the show. Elizabeth Taylor introduces the Jackson 5, and Michael and his brothers are singing, Can You Feel, and all this kind of stuff. And then there were like the crowd shots, and... <laughs> Like people dude, just fainting and crying, girls crying, and grown men were just looking like so effeminate, and just like some of them were crying. And I was like, if you saw this again, you would probably be mortified that you, this this image of you was captured yes. on video forever because it's on the internet. Yes. When you go to concerts, do you ever record <laughs> the shows? I, no. Because I, I I always think about it, and then I'm just like, I'm never gonna watch this again ever. So you resist the urge. I resist the urge. I mean, there's been a couple times where I might have. I mean, I think I videotaped like, uh, like O Canada at the World Juniors in Ottawa when they're, they're doing, doing the flag around the crowd and stuff like that. But at a concert, no, because I'm never going to watch it again. With that said, I do remember you sending me some concert footage from Watch the Throne when I was at the Grey Cup in Vancouver in, yes. in the 99th Grey Cup, and I missed the Watch the Throne tour here in Toronto. Jay-Z, I still haven't seen it, but you did send me either Paris or on to the next one or something. You did send me a clip from, I think it was Paris, because that was the song at the But at that the was time. me doing it as a favor yes. to you. It wasn't like for me filming it so I could watch it again later. <laughs> it was just like, I wish you were Blackberry. here. Wish you were here. You're missing a great time. <laughs> I was, um, I remember hearing this story about Michael Jackson, how whenever he went anywhere, like when he would go out, he hated, part of the reason he hated going out is because when he went into like a club, and they found out that he was there, they would always play his music. And it sucked for him. He would hear Billie Jean, he would hear Beat It, you know, want to be starting something. He'd always hear his music. And he didn't want to hear his music. That wasn't the reason why he went out. He wanted to hear other people's music. And last year I was in um, Park City, Utah with Drake. And nice. well, I was, it was in Park City, Utah at Sundance, but then I ended up at a party that Drake was hosting and I was hanging out with the kid. And, uh, Future, his DJ was was the DJ at the venue. I can't remember what it was called, but at one point, like, uh, you know, they're playing music and it's playing other other people's music, you know, Two Chains and Rick Ross and that sort of thing. But then they started playing Drake's music, and I lean over to Drake. I'm like, "You can't even enjoy this, can you?" And he goes, "No, not really." And he said, "But sometimes I'll do get hyped. Sometimes I'll just say f it, and I'll just I'll just sing my own songs." But generally, he disliked it as well. And he's only been in the game for like five years, not a dude that's been out there for like thirty years. And it was weird because it was almost like we were, well, he and I was just one of the animals in the zoo. <laughs> I was like, I was like one of the runt pigs in the playpen, and he was like the king boss. And uh, just all these women were lining this VIP area, just taking pictures of him and just staring at him, just sit there. And then he was bobbing his head and he was singing other people's songs, but he couldn't enjoy his own songs, even if he really liked his own songs. I think I would. What do you mean you would? Like, I don't know. At one point, like, like you said, like his, his songs are super popular. He just got a lot of club bangers. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're not going to be able to go anywhere and not hear your own stuff. So it's either you're going to sit there and just kind of look 
kind of silly because you're not having fun and enjoying it, or you're just like you said, f it and just while out, you know. That's what I would do. But I mean, that, it's easy to say that when you don't have to live it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I go nuts when his songs come on. I, I don't know. I would. It was it was a surreal experience because I I didn't want to like uh, I just fe- I just I felt awkward for him, just as his music playing because you know there's a certain sense of humility that he has and then it's like oh but this is fun like i want to have fun but then he couldn't because all these eyes are i don't know what that's like see i I ended up one night at his spot in toronto before he dropped um started from the bottom but future was djing and drake was djing and they played started from the bottom and like he was going mental oh really yeah like and, and rex was there like it was just it was live but i mean he also probably felt a lot more comfortable because it was his spot right like mainly his, his yeah, mainly his friends and stuff around. But like he was, he was into it. I wonder what that's like. I feel like I feel like Kanye would embrace it. I mean, I, I've, I've heard stories about Kanye. Just, well, we've seen videos, yeah. of like him walking on bars and grabbing the mic and just addressing. <laughs> See, that's whatever I enjoy that about. though. Me too, me too. Like, I actually find him fascinating because it's it's just being real, which he is, and he doesn't care what you think. Right. He just oh, does what yeah. he does, which is wiling out to his own songs. There's a uh, website out there. This is kind of a segue uh, called 24HoursOfHappy.com. Yes. I Pharrell, looked at it. Pharrell Williams, uh, I th- believe this is the first 24-hour music video where the song is only three and a half minutes, and I really love the song. The song's called Happy, which was written and produced for the movie Despicable Me 2 for the soundtrack which Pharrell produced. He produced the original Despicable Me soundtrack, and he produced the sequel Despicable Me soundtrack. So it's got this song called Happy. Again, I love. I love running to it, like finishing off my playlist with that song because I feel like a, a sense of accomplishment. And it's super catchy. So in the video, this dude, feel, I, like dozens of people dancing in the streets of LA or wherever. There are a couple of cameos, like Magic Johnson has a cameo for, off the top of my mind. Uh, but people, da- is there anything that you could do for three, to sustain for three and a half minutes if something, if someone was videotaping you not eating not sleeping not laying on your couch it certainly wouldn't Something be active <laughs> it certainly wouldn't be running <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean i i could play sports i could play hockey for three minutes I suppose, okay fine yeah. but like to dance for three minutes i don't think i could i don't have the i don't know i like do, do you have the moves to dance even for 60 seconds i would like i think so Sixty After, seconds is a long time. If you think, like, if you just dancing and you're looking at a clock, like, wow, how, you know, you do all your moves in the first ten seconds. <laughs> True. I, I, I mean, if you ask me this question Saturday night around twelve thirty at night, I hundred percent could dance for sixty seconds. Maybe some of those people were feeling the same way you were feeling when they <laughs> shooting this video. Uh, it's it, the video was intense though. Like they fil- they filmed over like eleven days, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was eleven days. I mean, I could only imagine the budget. It was oh, hundreds man. of hundreds of like backup dancers. Just. Like, and they're just walking towards the camera. If you guys haven't seen it, they're walking towards the camera in all different locations, m- many of them on the street, just one person or maybe or sometimes two performers walking towards the camera and just dancing to this song for three and a half minutes, which is, to me, an eternity. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you're walking and dancing, it's a little bit different because, like, you're not just in one spot. So you're walking, so you kind of mix the moves into, like, your, you know? Yeah, I would run out of moves, again, about the... <laughs> Actually, maybe the 18-second mark, I would run out of moves, and I would just start being super goofy, which a lot of those people were super yeah, goofy. Yeah, super goofy, yeah. Which you have no choice to be. I mean, unless you come up with a, a full three-and-a-half-minute routine, uh, which involves <laughs> walking forward, 
down, you know, La Cienega or Vine or somewhere in, in uh, Los Angeles. It would be a, a fun experience. When was the last time? So this video is 24 hours. It's it's legitimately 24 hours. 24 like it's hours. unbelievable. I don't know if anybody's gonna watch. Nobody's gonna watch 24 hours of this thing. But maybe they would have it on at a bar or a restaurant or an event I, or something. <laughs> I read a blog before I came in here, and they actually watched it, and they blogged like every. 50 minutes about like what they were thinking and like the clips that were coming on it was actually pretty comical oh wow because I I, I, mean, I haven't seen the video but it starts in a diner and then it ends back up in the same diner oh see I I watched it when I was watching it I, I saw a guy at a church that's it's everywhere I it's all over LA in. yeah it's all over LA but it starts with Pharrell in a diner okay. dancing in a diner and then they wind up back in the same diner. Well, he he's got a few set pieces too. I saw like the the official video, like the condensed four minute version, four and a half minute version, and Pharrell's in it probably six or eight different locations in this yeah. thing, which is a pretty impressive. When was the last time you did anything for twenty four hours, or where you stayed up for twenty four hours? I, I think school, like a business project or something in just university. Cramming. Yeah, just cramming. I don't think well, twenty four hours recently, not really. Maybe partying? <laughs> Man, like, I, I just know. don't stop the one night, but then, like, it, it messes you up, though. Yeah. Like, a t full 24 hours, like, consistent, no sleep, no nothing, no breaks. It just, you're delirious. I used to have, uh, RT and I used to have um, marathon, video game marathons, where we play either Grand Theft Auto, or we play FIFA, or we play, I would play just Madden until... The sun came up just because I was in like season. I was in uh, franchise mode, and I just got obsessed with like trying to have a perfect perfect sixteen and zero record, and I couldn't accept the losses. That was the last time for me. But would would that be a full twenty four hours though? Because like I mean, uh, you can't even make it through a two hour movie without falling asleep. So like you're telling me there was no eyes shut, and all of a sudden I'm talking to you, and you stop talking to me, and I look over, and your head's like nodding. That's not entirely. Sh that's not entirely. I I stayed up for Gravity, and I stayed up for <laughs> The Counselor. Uh, and I stayed up for Anchorman 2. Oh, you've already seen it. I've seen Anchorman 2. Oh. I can't say how it is, though. Hey, they so said we couldn't, we couldn't talk yeah, about it until, so jealous. until the movie uh, came out. But uh, people will find it very entertaining, as did I. Yeah. But yeah, school would be yeah like a business project where they give... I think they even have, if I remember correctly, like 24-hour projects where like they give it to you and then it's got to be in the next day. Really? Yeah. You had one of those? Yeah. And At like, Western Ontario. The University U, yeah. of Western Ontario. The U of W. Yeah. <laughs> the... Western. <laughs> Listen, nobody says the Western. <laughs> uh, but uh, you are the Justin Mulligan, and on Twitter, you are at Mulls, M-U-L-L-Z underscore zero zero. Yes. Thank you for uh, this it's conversation. Always on my pleasure. The My Guy Mondays podcast. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.